Praise God. God is good all the time. Well, as we prayed in the praise and worship time here in opening, this is a new season. It's 2019 and it's a new season. And you've heard me, or New Year, as the world calls it. You've heard me say many times that for everything that happens in the natural, New Year's and things like that, that there are spiritual things that that are happening also. And so you can look to it as a new season of life for you, a new season in your spiritual relationship uh, with God. This is a new season coming into us, and as such, we should go into this new season of 2019 with expectation and with expect and, and and anticipation you know what 2018 was like was like for you we have a new year approaching so we should be considering and thinking about how we want to go into the new year looking at 2018 as as i prayed we we all had our, um, uh, uh, trials and tribulations we had good things happen to us we had challenging things happen to us but god brought us through that year we're here, obviously, we're here, so God brought us through. At that particular time, that things seemed to be so, so devastating for you, um, obviously God brought you through it because otherwise you wouldn't be sitting here. Amen? At the time that you had these tribulations going on, the situation seemed impossible, but God brought you through, and so he promises to do for 2019. What we need to do as Christians is reflect on where we've been Reflect on the things that were, were troubling and then really reflect on how God brought us through. OK, because 2019, I said this a few weeks ago, prophetically, I believe that 2019 is going to be more challenging in terms of things happening in the world, in terms of things happening in this country, in terms of things which will be uh, befalling Christians, Christianity. Amen. The devil, the devil is, is, is on full steam. He's looking to tear you down and to destroy you, to bring more challenging things into your life where you just fold up and just say, ah, I tried God. It doesn't work. I'm going to go do something else. More of that is going to be coming to us as Christians. So I say to you that you need to think about with anticipation, looking at what God is going to do. Going into 2019, you can't take any of that old baggage. That was there in 2018, whatever bad habits that that were there, whatever weak faith that was there. You can't take that into the new year. We Christians don't do resolutions. You've heard me say a million times because resolutions simply don't work. Back when I was a smoker, I'm going back some 40 years ago now, and I was a smoker. Um, gee whiz, every single year, New Year's, I made a New Year's resolution to stop smoking. Come January 2nd, guess what I was doing? I was smoking, okay? People go on diets. You know, I'm going to make a resolution to stop eating this and that and so forth, and boom, what happens? They're right back on it, on falling off the diet. So we don't do resolutions, but what we need to do is to make New Year commitments. Make some commitments. Think about 2018 and think about where you want to go. The only way that you can go someplace in the Lord is that if you today say to yourself, this is where I was in 2018. These were the bad habits that I had. These were the things I didn't do. These were the things I did do. For 2019, I'm going to commit this to you, Lord, that this is where I'm going to take my life. This is how I'm going to live my life in accordance with you. So Psalm 37 gives us a little insight into that. And let's go to Psalm 37. We always have to go to the Word of God. Psalm 37. Praise Him. 
Praise him. Psalm 37. And we're going to start with number three. You see, while you're flipping there, when you make a resolution, which is the world's way of doing it, what you're saying is that, for instance, I'm going to make a resolution that I'm going to stop smoking. So what you are doing is you're saying that when I pass the cigarette counter in the supermarket, I'm not going to buy any cigarettes. So somehow I'm going to walk past there, and as I'm looking, I'm going to take my hand over my face, over my eyes, and turn my head away so I don't see the cigarettes. When I get that craving to light that cigarette, what you're doing is they say, I'm going to fight that craving, and I'm going, I'm going to chew some gum. Okay? They say, chew gum when you're trying to break the habit, you know. Or I'm going to get one of those vaping devices, and I'm going to go into that. Okay? But it's always you trying to find some kind of gimmick. When you are looking to break a habit, when you're looking to start a new habit, when you're looking for some change and you're making a resolution, that is saying that I am resolving to do this. And guess what? As human beings, we simply are not strong enough. We're simply not strong enough for anything important, for anything that's really important. So therefore, you've got to get off this thing where I am going to do it, okay, into saying, God, I'm going to commit to do this for you. And Psalm 37 gives us some insight. Psalm 37, starting with verse number three. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Underline that. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the night, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who, bringeth, who brings wicked devices to pass. Okay, and we're going to pause there. I want to go back to verse number three. Trust in the Lord, first of all. Underline that. Trust in the Lord, and do good. So, uh... And so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Underline the word fed. The word fed there is not just referring to food. This is, this is referring to supplying anything that you need. Those things that you require in this life. What this is saying is that if you trust in the Lord, you trust in the Lord, and if you do good, you shall dwell in the land, and you shall be fed. Number four, delight thyself in the Lord. Be glad and be happy in it, because he shall give you the desires of your heart. And then importantly here, commit thy way. Underlining that, commit thy way unto the Lord. This is where I'm talking about commitment versus uh, resolution. When you make a New Year's resolution, this is you resolving to stop doing self, stop doing self Stop doing something yourself. Say that ten times fast. Stop doing something yourself. Okay? You're relying on your own strength and ability to stop doing that. Okay? Like I said, I tried doing that with smoking. Okay? It wasn't until uh, some years, late years went by and I was smoking pipes. And you've probably heard me tell the story before where I finally got tired of it and I wanted to stop smoking pipes. And I just prayed, Lord God, to deliver me from this tobacco of pipe smoking and whatnot, deliver me. And then it was one day I woke up to light my pipe and the pipe just tasted so putrid, the tobacco, that I just I ran to the bathroom to throw up. I said, oh boy, oh boy, this is bad. The pipe must be dirty. I tried cleaning out the pipe, pipe cleaners and all these tools I had, filled it with tobacco again and tried lighting it. And again, the same thing happened. After that, I took all of my pipes and I had some expensive pipes. When you're a pipe smoker, everyone gives you pipes for Christmas, for birthdays and things like that. I had expensive pipes. I threw them all out. Okay, some 40 years ago, haven't had a desire for a pipe or any cigarettes at all. The point that I'm making, matter of fact, if I smell cigarette smoke, (laughs) 
delivery man came to the house the other day, and boy, boy, this his jacket, I could smell it a mile away where he had been so deeply smoking, smoking, smoking. So I can smell it in a spot where it just turns me off. The point I'm making is that while I tried to stop smoking all of those years and was unsuccessful, the minute I said to God, would you take it? I really, really in my heart want to, to stop smoking. I'm going to commit this to you. It happened. No, no nicotine withdrawal, none of that, okay, not at all. So it says here then the first thing for 2019 you want to think about is about commitments. What commitments do I need in order to be prosperous in this new season? One important commitment which underlies or undergirds everything else that you're going to do in 2019 is to make a commitment to do God's will, to do God's will, Okay. If you can make that commitment and really, really keep that commitment, everything else that you're trying to do in 2019, everything else that you will need to do will indeed come to pass and you'll be victorious. But you've got to commit to do God's will because that covers every single thing that's in your life. God's will is for you to prosper. And when I say prosper, I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking about as far as health is concerned. I'm talking about your children. I'm talking about your involvement with, with family members, with, with things on your job. If, if you're looking for work, you're looking for an increase, you're trying to get promoted, you're looking for something else, for something better, this is prospering. You're looking for a new house. You're looking for a new car. You, you know, you look around and you see your family is just growing, 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 and you need something new. You need more space, a house or whatever. If you just Decide to commit my will, my, 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 my commitment for 2019 is that I'm going to do the will of God. That's where it starts. Just start there, starting there. Because that, that is a basic principle which undergirds and supports everything else that you're going to be exposed to in, in 2019. With these challenges that are going to be coming before you, and I certainly, at this point in time, God has not given me any prophecy over what's going to happen to each and single one, or each and every one of you individually, but I will prophesy this to you, that there are going to become some challenges in your life in 2019 where you're going to have to choose. You're going to have to choose. What would God want me to do? What is God's will concerning this situation? Am I going to listen to my wife? Am I going to listen to my husband? Am I going to listen to my, my aunt, my cousins, my this, my that, my that, my boss, my what, and so on, and so on? Or am I going to do the will of God? Am I going to do the will of God? Okay? Um, I don't mind sharing without getting into a whole lot of details. Someone close to me was sharing how he was put before a challenge where he had to choose between his job and, 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 uh, and this particular thing at work they wanted him to do. And, uh, and the guy was kind of, boss was kind of snippy about it and say, well, you're going to choose, I guess we'll see this Sunday whether you'll choose work or, or what God wants you to do and everything. And, he said, and he, my friend said, yeah, I certainly will choose. I'm going to do, <laughs> do what God wants me to do. And that particular week, he was blessed, blessed with a position that was far better than what he was already in because of the fact that he had chosen to do God's will. Okay, and I'm saying to you that if you can get to the point in your life where you can actually challenge man, because, you know, don't forget the commitments that you make in this world. God is there listening. God is there listening. And sometimes things will come before you where you have to choose. All right. So for 2019, one basic commitment is I'm going to do the will of God. Will doing the will of God make you comfortable every single time? No. 
No, because we are still human beings. Okay, and I'm not going to stand up here and say that I'm so, I'm so Christian, or I'm so, so godly, or so righteous, that everything that, that comes across my way, and I weigh between God's will and what, what I should do, and what not. Oh yeah, there's, there's that battle there too, because I'm still physically on this earth, and I'm a human being, and the devil is there, and, and your own wants and needs and desires are there around you. But when you get to that point, are you going to choose to do God's will? So one of the commitments, a very important one, is first of all to do God's will. All right? Very important. So now, and, and let's see what the Bible says, or what Jesus says. Go to Matthew 7. Okay? You're going to have some, some eye-opening things here today um, that may even challenge what you thought were thought or what you believed. Matthew 7. Okay, Matthew 7, verse 21. Okay, 7, verse 21. Not everyone, underline please, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father, which is heaven, underline, but he that does the will of my Father. But he that does the will of my father, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works, underlined works. Okay, done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Okay. So here they're saying, though, even though some are going to be saying, but Lord, I prophesied in your name, in the name of Jesus, I cast out devils, okay? And, and, and we've done many wonderful works, things that they do, that they, that they do, that they accomplish. And Jesus still says, then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evil. Uh, uh, depart from me, they that work iniquity, you that work iniquity. So how do we know what God's will is? If you believe and call Jesus Lord, Lord, what this is saying, you may still be lost if you do not know what God says. So don't think just because you're saying that you, you're born again and you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, okay, and you call Jesus Lord, Lord, okay, you may still be lost. If we, never hope, uh, if we ever hope to be really victorious in this life, we must do the will of the Father. Simply as that. If you really want to be victorious, you know. Now, now I, I know that there's blessings, okay. You've had blessings in your life, but think about this for a minute. Think about this. Everyone in this sanctuary has had some blessings and have been blessed, okay? But what about those real, astonishing, mind-blowing, miraculous things that God has in store for you? You could very well be, be sitting on those things because of something that you're not doing or something that you should be doing or something you may need to commit to doing, okay? All right? We're not just talking about people saying, oh, I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed. But think about if you really untied God's hands. And really made a decision in your heart to do God's will, regardless of what is going on in your life, regardless of what your wife says to you, regardless of what your, your husband says to you, or brother, sister, whatever. You're going to do what God says, what, what God's will is. Can you stop and imagine what mind-blowing things God may have in store for you? You know, you know, you know, you are the only ones that can hinder God really, really acting miraculously in your life. Something that you're really praying and hoping for now that seems so distant. Something that you've been praying and hoping for that all of 2018 you, you, you've been kind of banging your head against the wall and you're kind of asking God when, 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 where, 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 how is this going to happen? And then when you sit down in the quiet of night 
and you start going through your resources, be it your bank account, be it your, your education level, or be it whatever it is that may be an obstacle from you achieving what you're really, really praying and desiring for, okay, when you're thinking about those things, the miraculous things, you shall be fed, is where God can do a miraculous thing and make that thing happen in your life. Make that thing happen. I mean, this happened to me so many times, isn't funny? The things that, that seemed against all, all opposition seemed like, no way this can happen. Okay? But you gotta, I, I push that out of my mind and I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. And I stand on what the Word of God says. And I can stand here and tell you that, I mean, as a witness here, that there have been things that have happened in my life that just seems like would have been impossible, and God did it. God did it. I'm telling you, you can be there too, but you've got to make a decision what you're going to commit to, okay? What you're going to commit to. Uh, you know, and there are blessings, but what about those really big things, those mind-blowing blessings that you could be experiencing? It could be a problem that seems insurmountable, any of those things. How much more you could be living if you're really doing God's will? Let's make this a priority for 2019. Make that a major commitment. God's will, to talk about God's will for a bit here, God's will is the only way. Not the will of men or a relative, as I said before, but God's will. Not our own will, but God's will. Just because we call Jesus our Lord, this will not save us, okay? Now, we get, this is where we get into this little thing here. Yo, but pastor, the Lord of God says that, the, um, you know, all you've got to do is confess Jesus as, as Lord and believe in your heart uh, um, that you'll be saved, that you'll be saved. Yeah, you will. But what about going through the rest of life? If you really believe that Jesus is Lord, you believe that in your heart, then guess what? You're going to do what? You're going to do God's will. Okay, so you can't go saying that just because I simply confessed that Jesus is Lord, as some would say. But, Pastor, wait a minute. Now you're wrong. Now you're erring wrong. You're mistaken. Because the word of God says all I got to do is confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that he is, that I'll be saved. That means I'm guaranteed a spot in heaven. Well, if you believe that Jesus is Lord really deep in your heart, then what will you do? You'll do God's will. Okay, okay. So don't go thinking now that I'm past the first step. I'm saved so I can go on doing my will. Because if that was the case, then I could confess Jesus as Lord and Savior and believe that in my heart, okay, then, then go rob a bank. Okay, then go out and murder someone. Okay, but that's not God's will. All right, and Jesus just said, what did Jesus say? And we're going to see more. So you really need to think about 2019 and about really, 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 really being strong and doing God's will. That means standing up against anyone who is going to take you out of God's will. All righty? And, of course, you've got to know what God's will is in the first place. What is God's will before I can be taken out of my will? All right. So we're, 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 we're on some, in, in some, some new area here that you really need to think about because this is something that, that that Holy Spirit showed me. That just because of the fact that you confess Jesus as Lord and the word of God says you, you're saved. OK, that don't think now all of a sudden that you're going. What did Jesus say? You call me Lord, Lord. And we prophesied in my name, you did so-and-so, but get away, get away from me. I don't know you, you workers of iniquity. Okay? So you gotta be careful here now and understand. And don't go thinking, oh, I'm home free now, I confess Jesus Lord and Savior, I was called up during the altar call, I went up there, the elder prayed for me, the pastor prayed, laid hands on me, and boom, 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 I felt so good, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. Deep in my heart, I believe that Jesus is Lord. Yes, so when the word of God says to do so-and-so, I don't do it. Holy Spirit comes and tells me to do so, and so I don't do it. Or the Holy Spirit says to do, to, to don't do this, and I do it. So you're not doing God's will. You're working, you're working on dangerous territory here. Okay? 
do we really know what the will of God is? We learn from the above scripture that we just read that we don't go to heaven by doing the will of men or by doing what we think is right. The only way we can go to heaven is doing the will of the Father. And that will is found right in our Bibles. It's found right before us in our Bibles. Do we really know what that will is? This is too important a matter to assume that you do know what the will is or to take someone else's word for it. This is why here we go to the word of God. Don't be taking my word what is, what is the will of God. We want to see what the word of God says. Do we really know? Let's go to John 6. John 6. This, this message can really set you free. It can open your eyes because we all know that there are things that many of us are praying for, many hopes that we have, and many things may seem like they're just too distant for us, like they're just too hard for us to achieve, okay? Be it relative to health, be it relative to your job, be it relative to your house, a car, or whatever it may be. Be it relative to a family relationship or something that just seems, you know, sometimes we meet people and run into people in our lives where it's like, boy, oh boy, oh boy, how do I deal with this person? How do I say no to this person? How do I say yes to this person? How do I do this? How do I, how do I, even dealing, even with relationships, if you're doing the will of God and listen to Holy Spirit, he can tell you how to deal with that. Someone that you may dread seeing because every time they come down the street, you feel like crossing the street. You just don't want to talk to them or whatever it may be. God can show you how to deal with that. But you got to know what God's will is and to make sure you're in God's will. All right. John chapter six, starting with verse uh, 22. The day following when the people which stood on the other side of the sea uh, saw that there was uh, there was none other boat there save that one whereunto his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples unto the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, after that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took, uh, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto, unto him, Rabbi, when comest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. You seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat that perishes, but for that meat which endures into everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him, uh, for him hath God the Father sealed. In other words, God has sealed Jesus. Then said, that, then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work for the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. Okay, that's one of the things of God. Believe on him who he has sent, Jesus Christ. They said therefore unto him, What signs showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What, what does thou work? Our father, fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world, meaning himself Jesus. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. 
Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. Underline that you have seen me and believe not. Do you really believe? Do you really, really believe what you're sitting here today listening to? Do you really believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Okay. Said unto you, you, you that have seen me and not believe. And all that the Father gives me shall come to me. And him that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Underline all of 38. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which has sent me. That all, uh, that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believe on him may have everlasting life and will raise him up at the last day. Okay, it's underlined 40 there. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life and will raise him up at the last day. So you see, even Jesus there talks about the will of God. You know that when he was in the garden at Gethsemane, Right before he was about to be arrested and knowing that he had to go to the cross, knowing that he had to take on the sins of man and die for man and be separated from his father, which he was always with for eternity. What did Jesus pray in that garden? Heavenly Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. In other words, let this assignment pass away from me. If there's any way to do this, O Lord God, and achieve your end, Father, you know, let this pass away from me. Let someone else do it or whatever. But then he turned right around and said, however, Father, not according to my will but according to your will. So even if Jesus had the, the, the understanding and the love of the Father and the understanding of the relationship and what he must do, if he said, however, Father, not my will, but your will, why is it that we, think about this, why is it that we, why is it that you, so many times, will do what your will is? How many times do you know that this is what God wants you to do? How many times have you known that this is what God would want you to do, but you decided not to do it? Jesus said, Jesus, however, for the horrible task he had before him said, not my will, but your will. How many times have you done that in 2018? How many times will you do that in 2018? Because I submit to you today that the time is going to come before you in 2019 where you're going to have to make a decision. To do God's will or to do your will or someone else's will. To do what your wife wants you to do. Do what your husband wants you to do. And you know deep in your spirit that God is saying to you, this is what you need to do. 2019 is going to be a challenging season. So you'd better start making up your minds right now. Whose will am I going to follow? Jesus said, however, looking at this horrible thing, all of the torturing, the beatings and everything he had to do, the worst thing was going to be his separation from God the Father. The worst thing, because he had always been with him, according to John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word always was with God. This is going to be separation. But yet still he said, not my will, but yours. How many times have you done that? How many times will you do that? Take a stance. Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I, guarantee, I don't get the word of God guarantees you that if you do God's will, regardless of what you might think the outcome might be, God hears your decision and he knows your decision. Who are we putting before God? Who are we putting before God? You see, see, see. And, and, and the thing is, too, is that 
God knows your heart and God knows your mind. God knows the circumstances. God knows the people. I mean, sorry, the devil knows the circumstances. The devil knows the people that he can use to get you to, to, to not do God's will. So what will he do? He'll go to your wife. Tell your wife, you don't need to do that. Tell your wife to tell you, you don't need to do that. Tell your wife to say to you, you should do this. Tell your wife to say to say to you, da-da-da, da-da-da, to tell your husband to say, da-da-da, da-da-da, and you go listen to it because you're so close to them, because you love them. Well, I tell you what, here's a rude awakening. you got to love God before your wife or your husband. I'm sorry, you got to love God before your wife or your husband. Okay? Okay? And the reason that is so is because if you're not loving God more, what happens is that the devil gets in there to your wife. The devil gets in there to you. The devil gets in the middle of your relationship. And that woman that you love so much, that man that you love so much, almost becomes, all of a sudden becomes a hellion. Because of the fact you're not doing God's will, the devil gets in there and perverts and ruins your relationship. Because you're not doing God's will. There's going to be a time in 2019 where you better be bold and strong enough to stand up to that person, be it your wife, your husband, your, your, your sister, your nephew, your cousin, your boss, whoever it may be. The time is going, to, is going to come in 2019 where you're going to have to choose. Choose. And I guarantee if the person gets mad because you don't do their will, that's okay. God will deal with that too. God will deal with the anger that develops. But I will guarantee you one thing, you don't do the God's will, then that relationship is going to go down the tubes. It will go down to it because all you're doing, because of the fact that you're not doing God's will, you're not being strong enough to do what God wants you to do, the devil gets in there and just makes your relationship worse. Okay? Okay? Oh, I'm doing that to honor my husband. I'm doing that to honor my wife. I'm just helping my husband, helping my wife. You think about helping God. God will help your wife. God will help your husband. God will help your children. Okay? And I'm saying this to you today. You better wake up because 2019, if you think 2018 had a share of challenges, you wait till what's going to be 2019. We need to make a commitment to pray, to pray. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. We'll move my Thessalonians here. One Thessalonians fifteen and eighteen, and it basically says there. Uh, Thessalonians says, "Pray, pray without pray without ceasing." There it is. One Thessalonians. Need to make these Bible pages thicker. One Thessalonians chapter five. Five eighteen. We're talking about making commitments. Verse with uh, uh, starting with verse uh, fifteen here. See that none render evil for evil unto any, any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Sixteen. Rejoice evermore. Make a commitment there. Rejoice evermore. Seventeen. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Make a commitment for 2018, 19. You're going to pray without, without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Jesus Christ concerning you. Please underline that. This is the will of God. So are you giving thanks? In everything, giving thanks. Pray without ceasing. In everything, giving thanks. For this is the will of God. We're talking about how do I know God's will. Okay, to give thanks. For this is the will of God. All right. 
You know, and the funny thing also about it is that we give thanks to God after we've been blessed with something. You've been praying about something, and all of a sudden God gets you out of the mess, and you give thanks to God. And then, all, then next week, all of a sudden, you don't show up in church, you don't do this, you don't do that. What about thanking God? Do you even thank God for the challenges that come your way? Oh, Pastor, why should I thank God for the challenges that come your way? Well, you thank God for the challenges coming your way because with that challenge, as you wait and have patience in God, knowing how God's going to bring you through, you wind up growing in God. Because now here comes something else to, to strengthen me. What's that expression for weightlifters or whatever? No pain, no gain. Okay, all right. So the more you have these, these trials and tribulations that God will often, will sometimes send your way, or if the devil sends something your way, okay, and you're saying, well, thank God for that tribulation, it's because you know that God's going to bring you through it. And so you thank it. But this is the will of, of God anyway, it says there. Okay, all right. Be not, do not be conformed to this age. Let's go to 1 John. What is the will of God? One John, little John. One John two. One John two. We're going to go to verse fifteen. And this is this is a challenge for us, especially living in. Well, I don't know that it's a challenge anymore to us living in the twenty first century than it was for those in biblical times. I believe that the level of challenge is probably the same, because conformity is something that has always plagued mankind. Okay. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay, underline, please, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. So many times we take, we put worldly things above God. You know, be it, be it, I don't know, be it anything, you know, be it a game, be it sports, be it that. 1957 car that you are refurbishing and rebuilding that you love so much. You put the car before him and work on the car on Sunday instead of going to church. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. And the world passes away and, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Please underline. But he that does the will of God abides forever. There it is again. You want to know what the will of God is? There it is right there. Another, another indication right there. Okay. It, it, it says, love not the world. Everything that's in the world, lust of the flesh and of the eyes and so on. The pride of, in other words, material things. If all that you think about is material things and wanting and wanting more and wanting more and wanting more and accumulating more stuff, okay, that is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world, the things of this world, and the lust passes away, but he that does the will of God for buys forever. What was the old story you probably heard about it of the rich, filthy rich guy who loved his Cadillac so much and so forth, and then when he died, all right, he was ordered that he be buried in the Cadillac, sitting face up, sitting up in the car and buried that way, so forth. I guarantee you when he got to wherever he was going, that Cadillac was not there. <laughs> I guarantee you that. It was not there. So all that stuff's going to pass away. So why do we lust after accumulating so much? God knows what you need. You know? If God wanted you to have 10 million bucks, you'd have 10 million bucks. But, but don't go lusting at it. In other words, desiring it more than the things of God. So, so it's, it says that the will of God is, is what? Is what? The world passes away and the lust of but, but he that does the will of God abides forever. So there it is again, showing you how important the will of God is. 
Okay? Do not, do not be conformed to this age. The thing is that we were made in God's image, but we try so hard to conform God to our image and our ways. We were made in God's image, but we can't make God like us. We can't make God come down and all of a sudden, well, God, you can, God, you can bend your will a little bit. I mean, you know, what, what, what's wrong with me having a gold-covered Cadillac, you know? What's wrong with me with having a multi-billion dollar bank account and so forth? What's wrong? What's wrong? You know, I tell you one thing. If you had those things that you think are so important to you and you're not strong enough to do the will of God, what are you going to do with all that money? What are you going to do with all that money? You going to do anything that furthers God's kingdom? Or are you going to go off in this lust after more and more money or buy a whole lot of foolishness, you know? I'd be fighting, 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 not to have every big screen TV and every electronic gadget in the world. Okay? Are you going to do the will of God? Okay? So we want to know, what is the will of God? Well, the Bible tells us. Okay? Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 5. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 15. Ephesians 5, 15. See then, see then that you shall work circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be you not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand, underline verse 17. Wherefore, be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Okay, so here it's saying that don't be foolish. Okay, walk carefully, walk wisely, not as fools, redeeming the time because the, the days are evil. So in other words, saying that, you, know, you know, don't be foolish walking around you now thinking that you're going you're gonna to follow after other people and, and follow after things, people in the ways and the times that are so evil. Okay, be you wise enough to understand that you need to do the will of God. All right. All right. Therefore, be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Understanding what his will is and stop taking this thing as some as some uh, 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 theological uh, uh, concept about the will of God. The will of God is very, very real. And you can fool yourself into thinking other side. Otherwise, that is not going to impact you. But it, it will. It will. It will. The most, uh, you know, you need to make sure that in this day and time that we're making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. That's what the word of God is saying. In 2019, we should be thinking about how we can honor God. By helping the weak and those that are less fortunate than you. Spend time thinking about that in 2009. How are you going to help the weak and those less fortunate? Go to Acts 20. The book of Acts. Oh, praise you, Lord. And I, I'm, just, I'm just scratching the surface here. I mean, there is so much. There is so much information here on what the will of God is and how we can better position ourselves in 2019 to be victorious. Because trust me when I say that, that um, you're not exempt from being, from being under attack. Not exempt at all. Acts, uh, Acts 20, verse number 35. Okay, we're talking about doing the will of God here. Helping those that are less fortunate than us. Acts 20, verse 35. I have showed you all things, how that so, so laboring you ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Underline that, please. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Okay? He said, remember. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give to receive. 
You need to think about how serious it is to heed God's will because it could impact your future. Okay? More blessed to give than to receive. All I'm trying to say here is that you can't outgive God. You can't outgive Him. The more God looks at your heart and sees that you're giving to Him, that, that you're giving to Him is, is, is a, uh, an indicator that you're trying to do His will. And he will bless you in many fold because of what you're doing. Okay? Go to Matthew 35. I'm sorry, Matthew 25. Matthew 25. We need to open our eyes as, as to what is going on. You know, the interesting thing is that we go through our lives doing what we think we should be doing. Not necessarily doing what God's will is for our lives. And we're not realizing what is kind of what is kind of happening behind the curtain, behind the scenes in terms of God's reality, in terms of God's deep spiritual reality. We kind of go through life day by day, Sunday through Sunday, payday through payday or whatever, doing whatever it is that we think we should be doing. And doing what our pockets say allow us to do or looking at our bank accounts and, and thinking about, oh, gee, what I can or cannot do. And we don't think about what's really happening behind the scenes in God's spiritual realm and how what we are or are not doing could be impacting our future. OK, now here's a few things here to think about. OK, Matthew uh, um, 25, starting with verse 31. These are Jesus' words because they're written in red if you ever read letter Bible. So Jesus is doing the speaking here. Verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Underline as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. As a shepherd divides his sheep from his goats. You really got to get what, what God is, what the Lord is saying here. Underline, uh, okay, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Verse 33. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand. Underline sheep on his right hand. He'll set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Put the goats on the, underline, but the goats on the left. Sheep on his right, goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, please underline, king say unto them on his right hand. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand. I'm having you underline this because I want you to clearly understand the difference here. Okay. Say that on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father. Underline that. Come, you blessed of my father. To those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This is what he's saying to those on his right hand. For as for I was hungry and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick. And you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous, then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed thee or thirsty and give you drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took you in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we, uh, when saw we thee sick 
or in prison, and came unto thee. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you. Remember when I said, you say you see the word verily. This is mean, rest assured, take this in, hear me. Verily I say unto you, insomuch as you have done unto one of the least of these my brethren, underline, least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Underline that. Okay? So what Jesus is saying there is to those that he's going to separate on the right hand, the righteous. And Jesus is saying to them, those of you who saw me hungry, etc., etc., etc. And then the righteous are even going to look at him and they say, but Jesus, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you sick, etc., etc.? And Jesus is saying, uh-uh. it's what you did for the least of me. Because that what you did to them is what you did to me. Okay? So these are the people here that are blessed, that are going to inherit the kingdom. Okay? On the right hand. Okay, this was the sheep. Now, continuing in verse 41. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, underline left hand, then shall he say unto them on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Underline all of that for, for those on the left hand. Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger. You took me not in, naked, and you clothed me not, sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall those on the left, and then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto you? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, again, verily, verily, I say unto you, in so much, inasmuch as you did not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. Underline that. Inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous, but the righteous unto eternal life. Highlight verse number 46. Okay? So those on the left shall go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into, into life eternal. So here we think now, we've been laboring. I confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and I believe that in my heart, supposedly. But yes, though, I did not do the will of the Father, okay? So this kind of trashes the whole concept, whole idea, that all I have to do in life is to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, believe in my heart, and I'll be saved, I'll go to heaven, okay? That kind of trashes all of that, okay? Because these people didn't do the will of the Father, Okay, so while you think you may be saved because of the fact that you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you really believed it, but you didn't do the will of the Father, which I don't know how you could not do the will of the Father and confess Jesus Christ and believe that he's the Son of God. And if you're not doing the will of the Father, then what's going to happen to you? So it kind of trashes the whole idea that all I got to do to be saved is confess Jesus as Lord. Because you can't go through believing Jesus as Lord and not do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is to what? To what? what? Those were the least. Okay. You didn't feed me. You didn't come visit me. You didn't do right by those that are the least. Okay? We want to hold on to our money so tightly we can't give to those that are less fortunate. What do you think you might be doing in terms of your future, in terms of heaven? Jesus said, the Lord of God said, this is the will. You should take care of those that are less fortunate than you. And you can't bless them. You can't bless them by doing something. Stop and think that that's what you're doing to Jesus. I bet you if Jesus was to stand up on this pulpit two times a year that we take collection for Thanksgiving and for Christmas time, I bet you if Jesus stood up here, boy, people would be emptying out their bank accounts because Jesus was here. 
Okay, but the minute they think that Jesus, that Jesus is not here, that it's just going to some poor people here or there that I can't see and can't touch. You never stop to think that what you're not doing for them, you're not doing for Jesus. Okay, so while we sit here thinking that, oh, we're so safe, all I got to do is do the bare minimum what God tells me to do. That's all I got to do is do the bare minimum that I'm doing God's will and that I'll be in heaven. You may want to rethink that, child of God, not based on my words, but based on what Jesus just said here. And it's interesting how, how he used here as a metaphor the, the, the sheep and the goats. Sheep are what? Sheep are always obedient. They follow the Lord. Goats are what? Stubborn. Goats are stubborn. They want to do their own thing. Okay? So I've been thinking about that. Are you so heck bent on doing your own thing that you're not going to do what Jesus what, what kind of position might you be? And you see, and these things have been in place. Jesus spoke these words some 2,000 or so years ago. And this is the will of God the Father who goes into eternity. Jesus does too. So these rules have been set up. And, and, and trust me when I say God is not erasing or removing these words just for you. None of us, none of us are exempt from this. We will all be looked at God, looked at by God. Are you a sheep or a goat? Let's go into 2019 thinking about this. Getting now to closing here, go to Matthew 6. Go to Matthew 6. It's going to be a year, 2019 is going to be a year of challenge. It does not mean, though, that you're going to be unsuccessful, that you're going to be failing. It can be a year of extreme success for you. Extreme success. If you're willing to commit yourself today that come 2019, I'm going to start doing the will of God. Regardless of what that will of God may have me doing that may impact somebody that I love, somebody I think highly of, something that's going to get me fired, something that's going to whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm going to do the will of God regardless. And if you ever want to, want to, want to, how to remind yourself, think about what Jesus said at Gethsemane. The awesome, awesome, horrible task that he said. But he said, however, Father, not my will, but your will. You know, and I tell you that that I can say this with almost 99.9% certainty that no one sitting in this room is going to face what what Jesus faced. (laughs) But you can't decide whether you want to do the will of God or not. You know, and it's a matter of trust. How much do you trust God? How much do you trust God? Anything that you give up, anything that you give away, anything that you give, God's going to replace it multifold. Multifold. You know, so, and, 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 and for us not to do God's will, what does it basically say? It means that you don't trust him. So if you're not willing to do the will of God, then you're not trusting God. So why should you have a mansion in heaven? So I've been thinking, I mean, it all makes perfect sense. See, but we get so caught up on planet Earth here that we don't think about these things or we push them out of our mind. Because I tell you one thing, if you're a born again child of God, Holy Spirit tells you these things. Holy Spirit whispers it. Okay. The trouble is, though, when you just constantly want to turn your ear and your your eye and your ear to to doing what you want to do, your want, your will drowns out the Holy Spirit, drowns out the voice of the Holy Spirit. So after a while, your will, your insides um, get kind of calloused to hearing and and feeling the touch of God and hearing the voice of God. Okay. Okay. Matthew 6, um, chapter 6, starting with verse number 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust does corrupt, but where thieves break through and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth, uh, moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through or steal, nor steal. And just for a minute there, laying up treasures, treasures, you know, upon earth, you know, we worry about our bank accounts. We're building a bank account, how much you have. 
saving this for a rainy day. I got to have some cushion. I fall guilty of that because I, I uttered that the other day myself. You know, when you get caught up there and you start thinking about cushion. God's your cushion. My wife is smiling because she remembers that, don't you? <laughs> all right? Yeah, all right? Yeah, all right? You, you got to remember, God is your cushion. God is, God, God is in, in, indeed your cushion, you know? And it talks about lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust and, and corrupt. Well, guess what? You know, you worry about your bank account. If you got anything over, what is it, $100,000 in the bank, if that bank is broken in into... Rust and moth break in, thieves break in and steal. All you're guaranteed to get back is $100,000. Because FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, is only going to give back $100,000. So maybe you're worrying about accumulating your first billion, okay? But if that bank gets broken into and, st- and, and, and money gets stolen, or if it just fails, the stock market takes a tremendous dip. Look at all those people in 1929, the famous stock market uh, 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 collapse, crash. People jumped out of windows, they say, back in those days. Committed suicide. I, I could never see doing that. Okay? But the way some Christians are willing to give, willing to give up their money, you think that would happen to them? How many Christians do you see jumping out of the window if their bank accounts got wiped out? Oh, I'm going to jump. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> you wake up with fires, lick, fire licking at your ankles. Amen? 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 So it says, so Jesus saying again, don't lay up those treasures, all right? In, in, in 20, but lay up for yourselves, verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Underline that, uh-oh. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart really is. All right? Where your treasure is. So in other words, if you're so worried about your money, that's where your heart really is. That's where your uh, commitment really is. That's where your trust really is in that money. It's not with God. Okay, where your heart is. So you can't be saying that my heart is with the Lord. I love God. I'm willing to do God's will and not do the other part and depart with your money. You can't do that because, because you, you, you just can't do the two. Because whatever it is that you're holding on to more, I'm going to hold on to my money more than giving to God. Then that's where your heart really is. Your heart is not really with God. Your heart's where the money is. Where moth does moth and rust break and, and people break into steel. Okay? But this is all going along with doing the will of the Father. So in closing here, as long as we're doing what God calls us to do, we can look forward with much expectation and anticipation to our Lord for many blessings and victories over the trials of life, which will surely come in 2019. The purpose of today's message here was to focus on the expectations and the things that can materialize for you in 2019. But it's based on one thing, you doing God's will. Not making a New Year's resolution that I resolve this, I resolve that, I resolve to do this. I'm going to commit myself to doing his will. Okay? So your commitment for 2019 is that, Lord, I'm going to go into this new season. I'm going to go into this new season doing what you called me to do, doing what you want me to do, no matter how painful it may seem or no, no matter how unsure I may feel about the income, the outcome. But I'm going to just do what you are calling me to do according to your word, according to your word. Make a commitment that you are not going to think that you are exempt from what the will of God is for 2019. The word of God, oh yeah, I read that scripture, Lord, 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 oh yeah, that's your will, that's your will, okay, yeah, but... That's for my wife, right? That's for my husband. That's for the guy at work. That's not for me. 
God is not a respecter of persons. There's no book in the Bible here that's the book of Mike. Or the book of Brandon. The book of Ian, Tanya, you, you know, M. There's no, there's, no, there's no book of those that's written just for you. The word of God applies to all of us equally. God is not a respecter of persons. Okay? And come that last day, that day where you stand before him, either going to be the king, the, the goat, or the sheep. Okay? Just let us think about that. That all of these things are in operation behind the scenes, so to speak. You may not think that they're going on, okay? But they're there. Those rules are in place. And how you live your life now is going to impact where you spend the rest of eternity. And everybody will spend the rest of eternity in one of two places. There's no in-between middle ground. There's not a place that you're going to go to that is a place for the so-so people or the lukewarm people. You know, or maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. So you want to get through 2019, think about that. How do I commit to the Lord? How do I commit to do his will? Amen. Amen. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.